0: radio rumi Hi everyone, I am Fatime Keshavars and this is Radio Rumi. Welcome all of you. I hope you're ready to listen to some more Rumi poetry and think and talk about the wonderful words and ideas and the wisdom that he has given us. It is of course totally up to us how to read and how to interpret them. In other words, we have a great share in what these poems mean. In fact, he is very mindful of that and very often at the end of a poem, he says, I've done my job, I've finished this poem, it's your turn now. In other words, write the rest of this poem yourself. Finish the thought, make sense of it. With that in mind, just a quick reminder, you can always write to me at RadioRoomy at umd.edu. Again, Radio Roomie as one word at umd.edu. And that's correct. I'm a professor at the University of Maryland. It is my intellectual home and also home of myself and my friends and my students and rumi has always brought a great deal of wonderful thoughts bright ideas to our lives and i think we now in the 21st century need those thoughts and ideas more than ever before in the last episode which i recorded i told you that i'm going to dedicate those minutes to the concept of love ishq in persian of course an arabic word in in its origin but adopted by Persian for a long time. And um, I also told you that that's not something you can finish in one program. In half an hour, you can actually write books about it, even from the perspective of what Rumi alone said about the concept. Well, some of the key points that I made was that when we fall in love or we like something really strongly and deeply, it's ourselves that we do a favor to. That's from Rumi's perspective. Falling in love is a way for you to rethink yourself, redo yourself, and take a fresh look at the world around you. We also talked about how long and complex the discussion is and for Rumi, the compendium of love, the, the whole continuum of love experience for human beings includes a wide range of things. It is the love of one human being for another. It is the love for the nature, the animals, the beauty we see in the mountains and in the trees. It is the love of music, which he loved dearly and actually talked about a lot. The love of things basically that are good and beautiful and encourage us to re-envision ourselves and our lives. Today, I'll try to connect that a little bit more with our daily lives. It is a very difficult concept to explain. Indeed, it is that is love is inexplicable. And that in part explains its tremendous power over us. We have a hard time putting any intellectual description to it, any rational definition to it. And it goes on defining us in a way, and at the same time, eluding our way of approach to it. Of course, a lot of poets, a lot of thinkers, a lot of mystics in particular, will tell you it is a great thing that we cannot define love. If we could define it, we put some limits to it. The word definition by itself means the outer limits of something. So if when you define something in a way you take away from it, it's vastness, it's um, elusiveness, and the way it could be larger than you, something that we human beings sometimes dramatically need because otherwise we can go on and think that we are the biggest, the most powerful, the most unlimited being in the universe, Um, which could then lead to some other limitations of thinking. But instead of um, playing with words, let um, let me ask a simple question. If we cannot define love, then what do we do? Do we stop speaking about it? We can do that. There are people, thinkers, who have actually tried to stop talking about love because they deeply and sincerely believe that it is impossible to fit into words. Ineffable is the word that is usually used for it. Something that you cannot describe or define. One answer is, of course, silence. Another answer, and one that Rumi, for example, and a lot of other poets, and particularly artists, have chosen and have adopted, is that you find some creative, artistic impulse in yourself that doesn't necessarily try to explain love, but it gives it some form of expression. And in that way, you share it with others. You bring it to the attention of others. But at the same time, you do not limit it. In fact, you open it up through the force of your own creativity. Now, Rumi did believe in this level of, of ability, of creativity in human beings. In fact, he said, you are God's astrolabe, addressing other human beings. And I'm going to explain that a little bit. But the full saying is, <laughs> This human being is an astrolabe for the truth. Remember, the truth was one word for him to refer to God. So what does that mean? Um, he said this when he was talking about how valuable we are as human beings. And, of course, we don't need to, be, to, to think that our powers are unlimited in order to value ourselves. In fact, recognizing our own limits could be one way of valuing ourselves. Nonetheless, he said that, you know, you are the astrolabe that God uses or the truth uses. Now, an astrolabe was an old instrument that uh, astronomers um, used and astrologers, but we're here dealing with more with scientists, astro uh, astronomers. They used to understand the heavens, the stars, the position of the stars, the, you know, what was, what was going on up there. And, of course, astrologers used that to predict the future, which was something that generations ago a lot of people believed in. Darumi uses this and says, indeed, you, human being, are the astrolabe of the truth, or God. Your being, your existence, can make sense of the truth. You can use yourself as an astrolabe to understand that truth. His way of using his astrolabe was writing poetry. And in this case, uh, today, examples are about love. So, when he wanted to say that love empowers you he wrote this line he said now literally this verse means if a dragon is standing on your way meaning your path is blocked by the most Dangerous mythical existence, a dragon. And a lot of heroes in mythology fought uh, dragons, remember that. Now he said, if there is a dragon blocking your way, love is like an emerald. The legend said, if you waved an emerald in front of a dragon, the flash of the green light from the emerald would blind the dragon. So Rumi says, if there is a dragon on your way, love is that emerald that you have. Flashing this emerald before the dragon, blind it and make it go away, flee, run away from you. So what is the dragon? Who is the dragon or what is the dragon? Of course, for anybody, the dragon could be a different thing. For some people, it could be fear. Fear of taking action about certain things. For others, it could be hesitation. Self-doubt. Am I ever going to be able to achieve X, Y, or Z? For somebody else, it could be anger. It could be hatred towards some other people. It could be a notion that some group of people are bad. Or whatever it is, um, whether it's hatred or, or um, hesitation or anger, Rumi says that love is that emerald that when you flash before the eyes of this dragon, the dragon is going to be blinded. It is going to have to leave you alone. Yer ashtahost barah so let me open a small parenthesis here and say, if you're not a Persian speaker, that you're hearing these beautiful verses and you think, "Why don't I understand Persian? I wish I could, I could understand or read this language." I have good news for you. It is a very easy language to learn particularly for English speakers. It is an Indo-European language and we classify it in linguistics among easier language languages to learn. And here at University of Maryland, we offer it. We offer it during the summer and winter. And if the student in you is alive and happy and wants to do it, it is possible for you to learn Persian. Uh, and I'm sure if you're listening to this in other cities and other parts of the world, there are places in which you could learn the language and have first-hand access to the treasures of Rumi and some other great Persian poets and speakers. Now, let's get back to the emerald that blinded the dragon. So, how do we find the emerald? Where is it? Is it hiding somewhere from us? Um, is it something in some far away uh, mythical land, you know, as treasures are in caves? or No, not at all. Love, as far as Rumi is concerned, is here, it is in the trees around you, animals, people, things, even. If you build something beautiful with your own hands and it gives you gratification, if you play music with your hands and your musical instrument gives you that sense of fulfillment, love is there. In fact, Rumi uses the beauty of the nature um, all the time to explain, and rather, I should actually use the word explain, I just told you why you cannot explain things like beauty and love. He just gives you a taste of it. A taste of, of love in um, in his poetry. And someday I should talk about taste because that's so fundamental to the whole Sufi path. The whole mystical path is about experiencing things. Tasting it for yourself rather than just listening to somebody else explaining it. And so poets and speakers and musicians and... and uh, Painters and all kinds of um, artists, they created beautiful works so you could taste this love. And Rumi uses the nature for that a lot. He says to love as Chunjan Shodam Oh you love. And remember, love is also interchangeable with God. Okay. From your beauty and fineness, I have turned into a kind of soul. I'm even sometimes mysterious and hidden from myself. In other words, love, beauty, you have turned me into this treasure. So uh, gentle and beautiful that I sometimes have a hard time even sensing myself and seeing seeing this subtlety in myself. Because your subtle existence, your essence, love, beauty, loves to hide in my inner existence. In other words, when you look at this, and it's a, it's a kind of puzzle-like poem that has many different pieces that fit into each other. But when you look at it, it's a kind of game of telling you how you have to run around, whirl, if you like, in circles and look inside and outside and go to the gardens and go to other people and friends and beautiful things and seek this love. Because ultimately, it's a kind of game. It's an important game, it's a very serious game, but it's still a game. And then he goes on to say to love Gul Jomadar as Dastetu, a Chishman Argus Mastetu, a Shaw Hao, oh Bastetu, a Bogabi Poyo. as Dastetu, a Chishman Argus Mastetu, a Shaw Hao, oh Bastetu, a Bogabi Oh, all the flowers are tearing their clothes open because they bloom, of course. Oh, the one who gives the eyes of the narcissist its drunkenness. Again, you, love, are the reason for the beauty of the flowers that bloom and the narcissist which has these intoxicating eyes. Eishakha, oh, basteto oh all the all the branches of the trees are pregnant with you isn't that an amazing image the branches on the trees are all pregnant with you oh my endless garden a garden that's not surrounded by walls in other words so In this way, by taking you to the garden and asking you to look at the way the flowers bloom and the way the narcissist opens its eyes or her eyes. I don't know which pronoun you should use for narcissist. And all the branches and trees with their fruits and flowers and, and blossoms, they are pregnant with you. Love. Okay, I think it's a good time to introduce a different note. Namely, a note that is not so comfortable and rosy. Because for Rumi, love is not all about comfort and, and uh, beauty and, uh, you know, um, as the British say, hanky-dory, you know, all rosy around you. No, it forces you to ask yourself difficult questions. And it tells you that you sometimes need to do things that are not that easy to do. And um, let me give you an image first that he makes. And please forgive me if you hear some extra sounds from my window, because as I told you earlier, I'm recording this in my house, in a city, in Washington, D.C., indeed. And so Every once in a while, I can hear a sound, and I'm only hoping that you don't have to hear it. Okay, so I am about to give you an anecdote from Rumi, and then connect it to reality to the best of my ability. The story goes like this. He says, look at small children. Look at small children. They know nothing about the world, about themselves, they only know their mother's milk, they only need to be cleaned up, dressed and put to sleep and fed. They're very small. Their existence has room only for that kind of knowledge. Then they grow older and they begin to develop their new perceptions, their sense, understanding, turn into perceptions. As they grow older and older, these perceptions develop and become more and more important to their lives. And then, and then something important happens. This existence of theirs, which was like a little house, well, and all these feelings and these senses were like little visitors, now something different happens king love arrives king love arrives and says what this place is way too small for me i am not going to fit in there what about all my courtiers and all my army and all my family and friends and i need a palace this small house will not do i need a palace And so he breaks the house down, tears it down, and builds himself a palace. And now you're going to say, Okay, what does this correspond to in the real world? And this is what it corresponds to. Imagine that you have a really bad habit. I don't know. Something that you dislike. Um too much drinking, too much smoking, I don't know anything that you or or you sometimes say things that then later on you feel were not exactly truthful about or you're too afraid of something whatever that you don't like about yourself. You fall in love. And the moment you fall in love, you tell yourself, I want to be a better person. I want to be fit for this amazing experience that I've had namely the experience of love and then you have to you absolutely have to get together with your stronger more powerful self and change your smaller self to become suitable for the king love that has arrived. For the beloved whom you want to see you in the best possible light. So, let me end this particular episode with another few beautiful lines from Rumi about love. Or rather, actually, spoken to love. to <laughs> Jan Barsh mushta ghaun Jan Either way it could be read, which is, O oh love, are you more subtle and beautiful, or the gardens you create, the apple orchards that you spread around? Oh, turn around, my beautiful new moon. Oh, give soul and life to the ones who love you. Talghizet o shirin shabat, kofrazalalat din shabat, khaur khasek nasrin shabat, sadjan fadal ye jahantu. All bitterness turns sweet because of you, love. Going astray, going the wrong direction, changes it turns into the most beautiful religion because of you. All the broken and dried branches, they all go away. They become fresh flowers because of you. That all smund, that all nahi, that all dami. You open doors to the sky, you give human beings wings to fly, you put desire and energy and good wishes in people's heads, for oh, the whole world seeking you. You give color to all the flowers. All the people in the world are in love with you. All the little pieces, all the moths fly in the air in your direction o oh, love ay esh to mozun tari ya baqsi bostan to charghi bezan ay mahno jan bakhshe moshtaqan